0: Hi, welcome to episode 71 of Talk About the Passion. My guest today is Nathaniel Shannon, and I named this one after the Today is the Day song, Expectations Exceed Reality. Nathaniel is a photographer who has quite a great story, as you will hear in this episode. One of the reasons I named this one after uh, a Today is the Day song is we talk a little bit about Steve Austin and some of the photographs he's taken of Steve. And now that I think about it, none none of the photographs are of him performing music, but tell such a story about Steve that it's all you need to see if you know Steve Austin and how he is live and off stage. And anyway, uh, Nathaniel grew up in Michigan and ended up in New York, in the New York area. And we talk about his journey getting there and some of the amazing experience he's had along the way, photographing such artists like King Diamond and Dismember. The manner in which he tells these stories shows how much he cares about the subjects he's capturing. Uh, It's not just like some routine. He's not doing this for money. Uh, I really enjoy this conversation. And although he comes from the same music world I come from, we barely talked about music at all here. So I'll definitely have him back on at some point to get into that stuff. As he's a great guest, as you will hear after I shut up here. Uh, You can follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And I keep those up to date. And if you want to contact me about being on the show, you can message me there. I'm trying to make these intros much shorter. So here we go with episode 71, Expectations Exceed Reality with Nathaniel Shannon. Thanks for listening. All right, well, I'm here with uh, Nathaniel Shannon over the phone. Uh, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing all right. I'm hanging in there. Yeah. Still alive, <laughs> so that's positive.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and where do, you, where do you live right now?
1: Uh, I am in the greater New York City area. Yeah. I actually moved to New Jersey in September because uh, of a housing situation. Our yeah. ceilings collapsed over the summer. Oh, shit. Uh, in Brooklyn, so we bailed and moved to the Burbs, mm-hmm. which is probably one of the smarter things I've done
2: <laughs> in my lifetime yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> during a quarantine to have um, a little more room that I share with my girlfriend rather than being trapped inside of a jail cell oh, apartment yeah. in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, and where did you grow up?
1: I grew up uh, in a town called Ypsilanti, Michigan. Yeah. Which is the poorer side of Ann Arbor, essentially? Okay, about 30 miles west of Detroit, mm-hmm. uh, which was an interesting town. Uh, it's college town. Eastern Michigan University is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washtenaw Community College is there. So between Ypsilanti and Ann Arbor, you have this like dual college town. That as a kid, I didn't really appreciate but you know like getting older i i've really appreciated the fact that like culturally it created a melting pot of people coming from around the world going to both schools yeah um on top of the fact that you could be out in the middle of nowhere in the country in like 10 or 15 minutes right um so you know teenage years into young adult, you know, like I, that, that was something I kind of was just like, Oh man, this is kind of really wild. Half of the population of both these towns leaves. Yeah. From, you know, June through September. Uh, you know, and then you've got all like the cultural significance of, of Ann Arbor and the Stooges. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, politics and all that jazz. So it was an area that I, wasn't particularly fond of growing up but i don't know that i would have been fond of growing up anywhere
2: yeah you know
1: right. uh it was more of like i gotta get the fuck out of this place as soon yeah. as possible
2: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah uh, you know and then fortunately i was able to discover the thriving subcultures that has united all of us as friends yeah do that
0: uh, I, I imagine you're talking about like music punk oh, rock yeah music and, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so when do you how old were you when you discovered that stuff
1: um, I would say I was an early teenager yeah uh, I grew up so like where I grew up in Michigan we had um, a radio station called 89X which was actually based in Windsor Ontario that started with a bunch of Detroit radio people who all left their jobs and got together. We're like, we want to do something new. That is isn't, you know, just playing Bon Jovi and like talk, talk radio. Um, and they ended up going, I don't remember the exact story. They ended up in Windsor, which is right across the river from Detroit. And what was cool about that is there was no, they didn't have to abide to it by American FCC rules. Okay. So as long as like 60%, I think of their programming was Canadian, they could play kind of whatever the fuck they wanted. Oh, wow. So it was essentially, a, a, a college radio station with great broadband, uh, broadcast, Huh. um, uh, So that introduced me at a really early age to, I guess, kind of cooler rock and roll that was going on in the late 80s, early, well, I guess early 90s at that point, you know, um, I guess what became like from the grunge alternative rock uh, era. But what was cool about it was all the Canadian bands that never really broke in the united states and that exposure um to me was just like oh yeah everybody knows who mystery machine is and uh-huh. pure is and <laughs> yeah. and you know even the catherine wheel who obviously were english but it was just like i was in the catherine wheel when i was like 12 right because it was on the radio yeah. not because like i had an older brother that right, was like right. oh you should you should listen to this band um so what was also cool about that is they had a local show called the Homeboy Show
2: yeah.
1: um, that played local Detroit bands, and I think really it was like the Suicide Machines, all right, and a band called Horse,
0: yeah,
1: um, were kind of the juvenile gateway into that world of not only are these bands on the radio. But, like, I can go see them play because right, right. they're from here. Yeah, um, And the floodgates kind of opened, you know, once I was old enough to, you know, get some transportation going and head to Detroit. Um, so having that, like, radio station is something that, like, that, that station actually just went off the air a couple months ago. Oh, wow. So- and it's been pretty much garbage for like 20 years right, you know right, like whenever right. i go home it's like oh you guys are still playing creed and blimpiscuit and like <laughs> dashboard confessional <laughs> yeah. um like oh cool the new trapped song <laughs> is on you know yeah. but in the early mid 90s it was just like dude you guys are playing all of the diamond Sea by sonic Youth, <laughs> the whole like, like all 18 minutes, minutes of, of, it. of it yeah yeah like I remember taping that off the radio and just being like, "Holy shit!" They just played a twenty-minute-long song, yeah. and I remember like finding that record at the record store and be like, "It's just, it's just a drawing of a washing machine." Like that's so weird. <laughs> um, so that had like a huge impact on me. Yeah. Um, that now that the station went off the air, I, w- I was talking to a lot of, you know, Detroit friends specifically. Um, Trevor, the singer of the Black Dahlia Murder, who I've known those dudes since we were, you know, like 18, 19. Mm -hmm. And we were were texting about the station that we loved going off the air and we're like legitimately heartbroken that it was gone, even though it sucked sucked dick for like 20 years. But it was such a formative part of like where we both ended up in our adult lives. Right. Without necessarily like having that brother or whatever, you know, there was no punk rock kids in my hometown. Yeah, like, yeah. There was punk rock stuff going on. Yeah, but nobody to kind of like show me that. Right, um, right. My neighbor growing up actually was in a Christian ska band, oh, really? uh, who ironically put out a record on Beat Hotel Records, huh. or I think they had something to do with Beat Hotel, which is yeah. Derek Grant, who played drums in the Suicide Machines, Thoughts right. Ionesco more famously now for alkaline trio um because there's like a budgeting detroit ska scene uh so that kind of was my entrance into at least going to see see bands play like in the late 90s um you know and again back to that radio station you know they played bad religion and they played rancid which to a more underground with like, oh, you guys are on the radio, it's a bunch of sellout shit. But right. you know, like a thirteen year old, 12 13 year old was just like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> this is so great. Yeah, of course. Um that stuff had a massive, massive influence. I'm an only child. Yeah. It seems like a common theme. Of yeah, yeah. A guest on your podcast. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. so, you know, I spent a majority of my formative years alone in my bedroom. Yeah. Um fantasizing about like where i my life's gonna go and how i got out of here yeah. so you know taping those songs off that radio station and just kind of critiquing and making my own dj set of sorts to oh, like share nice. with friends yeah. was you know some people were tape trading you know fugazi bootlegs i was taping shit off of 89x and be like dude you gotta check this out yeah, yeah. Uh, Catherine Wheels got another song out that's <laughs> nine minutes long, and they right. played the whole thing on the radio. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: and as, as so as as a kid, you know, being alone in your room, when did you start getting into like visual stuff? Like, were, were album covers starting to get attractive to you, uh, or like the the photographs? Uh, yeah, on the back album
1: covers. Um, album covers were a fascinating thing that I I think when my like appreciation for music and really understanding that not only is this something that I enjoy, but it also something I could do, but I'm 12 or 13. Right. So like, that's not really on the table. I didn't really understand the album artwork thinking right. back on it. Like it was definitely something I appreciated, but what drew me more was like, here's a picture of this band. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I don't know how to paint, but like i sure as shit could figure out probably how to like make that happen. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was a great introduction to photography. Mm -hmm. Um, I was fortunate that my parents were loved museums. Mm -hmm. Um, so we spent a lot of time whenever we traveled anywhere, like road trips and stuff, always going to museums. And I was massively into the impressionists when I was a kid, specifically like Monet. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, it's beautiful. Beautiful color palette, beautiful choices, complimentary colors. And his less popular work is actually of, he did a lot of like winter scenes uh, that are really bleak and depressing and obviously not marketable because Monet is like bright colors, whatever. And I remember, it's probably, I don't know, man, like 10, and they had a a show at the university of Michigan art museum of his like winter stuff. And we went and I was just like, this is just all gray and blue and just had this really cool palette to it. Mm -hmm. That I think that really interested me later. And then going through looking at album artwork and band photos of the nineties where everything was like very gelled. There's a lot of gel usage, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I think, just to throw out names like, you know, Alison Chains, like I'm forgetting the guy that did all their album artwork, but like used a lot of gels, all their band photos were like yeah. very high contrast gel. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of like an homage to like horror, noir lighting, but with like oh, color. Right. Yeah. Um, and that with the combination of kind of really loving the dark side of impressionist painting, I think really kind of got at least for the color side of my brain, um, a color palette that mm. I still have to this day, um, you know. And then I learned about B horror movies and got all, you know, all of that shit later. <laughs> right, that like right. definitely played a, a factor of like kind of unrealistic lighting. Yeah. Uh, but also just like the color choices are like right. really rad. Um, so you know, combination of album art and trying desperately to understand the foundations of drawing and painting.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I always struggled with, I want to draw that, but I don't know how, and it's not the way I want it to be. Um, And when I was in high school, a friend had suggested, or she had mentioned she was going to take a continuing ed class at the local community college, like a photography class. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh shit, we can do that? Uh, So it's like, I want to do that. And a friend of my parents was a retired photographer. So he gave me my first camera, uh, Uh which was a a Minolta SLR uh, uh, 101. Excuse me. And that kind of just was it. You know, the first time I processed by hand a roll of film, Mm -hmm. saw that developed, went into the dark room and that, piece of paper went into the developer and like came alive yeah literally came alive in front of my eyes i was just like oh shit
2: this
1: is this is this is kind of like drawing but like way easier
0: yeah
1: uh i don't actually have to know how to like do anything (laughs) Uh, not to talk shit about my my own uh first choice of medium but (laughs) like it it's really not hard. You right, know, if right. you understand some light and composition, like anybody can kind of do it. Uh, how many times you're going to get punched in the face right. during a band playing that was what makes you good at it or not. Right, right. Uh, which I found out later in life. Uh, but that was really the, like the, the formation of, of having that photo class and yeah. just finally feeling it was, it was like, not that I've, I've never done heroin, even right. though it sounds great, yeah. but it's like, they chasing that dragon. Yeah, for that yeah. First high. Right. And that's something I've been after, you know, and when I hit those, those, um, uh, blood vessels with that photo heroin, like yeah. there's nothing like that. Yeah, I'm just yeah. like, dude, I, <laughs> I captured this moment. Like yeah, nobody, yeah. nobody fucking else did <laughs> that. Like I did that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of very self-satisfying, uh, and I don't know that I had ever found that satisfaction in anything else. Yeah. Especially, you know, when you're a teenager. Right. Uh, you don't you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, talking. yeah. Um. So to stumble upon that, uh, I feel very fortunate that I I was able to figure that out yeah. at a pretty early age before. You know, I woke up one day, I was 30, It was like, I don't know, <laughs> what, what, what am I doing today? Right. right. You do know, you... it was always, go ahead. No, no,
0: no, I was going to say, do you think, uh, you know, they say like music stay, like the music you hear sort of when you're, when you're very young sort of sticks with you forever. Do you think uh, seeing, seeing like those, those palettes of the, like the winter uh, Monet stuff, it, it has the same effect, like that kind of thing stuck with you and that, that, that palette and that feel?
1: um yeah i think definitely um all the art i absorbed be it um be it uh paintings or you know i like i was super into painting even now yeah i don't really look at a lot of photo work it's not that i don't like it i just because it's what i do it doesn't interest me when other people are doing it
2: right
1: (laughs) you know what i mean yeah and um i i'm way more interested in painting yeah and I guess movies, you know, like film, right. um, than I am photography for any influence, yeah. um, because there are things that I can't—I shouldn't say can't—I don't really have the skill set to right. execute those ideas the way that I would want to. Yeah. So it's it's still, I'm still like a little kid whenever I go to a museum. I'm like, oh my god, like somebody did that, <laughs> like somebody made that yeah. with like pigments mixed together like that's crazy to me
2: yeah
1: uh so yeah it's it's definitely stuck with me um everything you know back even to that radio station i don't think i realized emotionally how attached i was until it went off there yeah. you know yeah. it's like finding out like an ex-girlfriend you haven't talked to or a significant other you haven't talked to in 20 years so i died yeah, yeah. Doesn't, yeah i mean like you don't do you have a relationship with them anymore no but the fact that they're gone and they had such a big impact.
0: Yeah, had an impact like, on you, yeah.
1: Can't step back. I was just like, "Shit, man!" Uh, and I honestly could ramble about that radio station. Yeah, On yes. goddamn day. So I won't bore <laughs> you with it. No, no. Um, I we mean,
0: had yeah, like it's like same with like cl- like when the Rat closed out here. That was like a big part of my teenage sure. years, and it's not sure, you
1: know, sure, sure. It's, it's that
0: same kind of thing.
1: Um, yeah, that nostalgia comes back because I think we're you and i obviously because we're talking right now um because of our our mutual subcultures that all started somewhere and where it started has led us to where we are now yeah and there's a nostalgia for that that never really goes away it's like falling in love yeah yeah um and you know i was fortunate to fall in love with camera and fall in love with music early enough. Well, I shouldn't say I was fortunate. I don't know that it's really provided the most lucrative um, adult way of living right, my life. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure shit way more happier, like being broke with the cameras and, I don't know, being stuck in Michigan yeah. doing God knows what, if I would even still be alive, frankly.
0: Right, right. Yeah, working in an office uh,
1: or something. I don't even know that I would have made it to an office. Yeah. I probably, I think I'd probably be dead to yeah. be honest with you. Like, if if I hadn't, you know, found that and left, like, because yeah. I would have gone adventure seeking and, of course, n- not <laughs> not come back, um, or yeah, at so, least come back w- with pictures of all of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So when did so when did you uh, what kind, what kind of stuff were you photographing early on when you when you got that first camera, the Minolta? <sighs> it's
1: just uh, it was just friends. Yeah friends and like I didn't it didn't even cross my mind like I love music, man. Right, right. Like I should go take pictures of that. Yeah. Um did not cross my mind. I think, you know, it's just like oh what's around me Yeah. Like oh my friend's skateboarding or here's a picture of a girl that I have a crush on. Yeah. Um you know
0: <laughs> those pictures are great though. Like all, all, like every I think every circle of like my circle of friends we have there's a number of just you know, there's a handful of pictures that you know everyone knows or like a famous sure from a party or yeah a, anything those, random standing those in a become park those waters.
1: like yeah those become those like classic images to yeah. your friend circle you yeah. know yeah that sometimes you come classic images to the world yeah, yeah. Um, and you know it just it felt natural to me in a way again like nothing else had before and I had gone to a house show to go. There's a band from Ann Arbor called Cobra Youth, yeah. which most famously spawned um, <sighs> Jason Stolzheimer, who was more famous for being in a band called the Von Bondies, who were oh,
2: fucking yeah.
1: atrocious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, part of that whole bullshit, like Detroit garage rock yeah, thing,
2: yeah.
1: Uh, which I won't get into. But right. Cobra Youth were this like GI Joe themes. Cobra Commander themes, like punk band, right. who, when you're like 15, that is like the coolest shit ever. <laughs> yeah.
2: Because
1: it's code, they had like propaganda and like yeah. most bands, you could join the Cobra Youth Army. You know, <laughs> uh, it was fascinating to me because like I became a member of the Cobra Youth yeah. and like get, got their pamphlets and they would like mail stuff out. And they were playing a show at their house in Ypsilanti, Michigan, where I grew up. And I saw a band called the Oven Mitts open okay. who, Turned in to capture the flag. Who then spawned um, Jeff Tuttle, who went on to play in Dillinger Escape Plan. Oh, yeah. And I remember watching the Elements play, and because I had no other frame of reference, it was just like this is like Blink One Eight Two with fucking Van Halen solos, <laughs> which was really this is like Lifetime with Van Halen solos, right, 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 you know. Right. But I didn't know any better. Yeah, um, and I'm not going to pretend like I didn't. Right. Um, and it as a local band after I was aware of like the radio thing and kind of like, Oh yeah, there's like stuff going on in my town blew my mind.
2: Yeah. It blew my mind. Yeah.
1: But, uh, Jeff still is hands down the best guitar player I've ever seen. Yeah. And I've been fortunate enough to document that dude's entire career. Yeah. Yeah. Simply based on like, I have a camera and you play guitar and I really love both of these things. So I'm just going to follow you around. Um, and I remember specifically at that show, like I, I didn't have a camera with me. and I was like, I should bring a camera to like one of these and like yeah. try taking pictures of what I'm seeing. Right. Uh, which later ended up happening and same thing of being in the dark room and, you know, just watching this moment in time yeah. that I, I saw and heard come to life in the developer. It was like, I, I saw that Yeah. or I heard, th- I heard that fucked, it. fucked that one up. I heard that picture just by looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's, really powerful yeah again when you're like an adolescent yeah and can't really define these emotions of like i made that i saw that i heard that yeah it's pretty cool uh and i just that that was it for me i was like i never want to do anything else again this is the only thing i've ever actually loved or cared about yeah Um, here i am you know 20 some odd years later um still still going yeah. to watch people play guitar really fast.
0: Yeah. Did did that uh Corby Youth band ever record anything that actually sounds pretty good? Like, uh, yeah. like Van Halen song.
1: Oh. Uh, th- so. Uh, sorry, that was the, uh, the Oven Mitts.
0: Oh, the, oh like yeah, the lifetime. Oven yeah, Um yeah.
1: actually, yeah, so
0: I'm writing that down.
1: <laughs> very famous Detroit hardcore label. Yeah. Conquer the World Records. Oh yeah, yeah. Featuring one Mike Warden. Yeah. The most notorious man in hardcore who uh i love to talk about because i'm fascinated by the guy yeah because i've never met anybody in the music industry ever that was more hated by (laughs) fucking everybody
2: yeah
1: yet the catalyst being those people and their hatred wouldn't be where they are to hate him had he not bootlegged their records right right. and put those records in front of people like i know you had like rich thurston damien yeah 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 you know I found out about culture because of this local label, because yeah. Jeff's band capture the flag was on conquer the world. And I was like, Oh man, they're from here. Let me check out all these other bands. And I found like the culture CD oh,
2: okay.
1: in a used bin, right. which I bought cause yeah. Damien had like a refuse shirt on. Yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like, Oh my God. Like this is from that label here. And then, you know, later in life, I met Mike and have heard all the stories. And it's interesting to me having spent, a lot of time documenting Rich and damien
0: yeah,
1: in uh, their latter music endeavors. Yeah. um that I don't want to put words in their mouths, uh, their feelings and a lot of people's feelings of Mike is interesting to me because it's like, had he not bootlegged your records, you wouldn't have gone to Europe. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. wouldn't have done all these things. Right, right. And I don't, again, I don't want to speak for that band, right. but like, I feel like a lot of. Bands that were on that label kind of felt that way. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> kind of ramble there. Um, but that label then also was like super important. So like being like, Oh my God, like there's all this cool stuff on this label and yeah. everybody like hates this dude. And like, I don't really understand why <laughs> they hates yeah. this dude. You know, so I just kind of started to go to see anything that I could um, locally Yeah. Uh, and, and just take my camera. And it was, but, uh, you know, I, I th- another interesting element of Detroit was there's um, Andy Demps, who was an earth mover and ran plus yeah. minus records. Okay. Um, earth Mover was another local band that I got into, you know, when I was young. It's just like, oh, dude, like this is like scary yeah, yeah. to me. This is like scary music, <laughs> yeah. uh, which, of course, led to like as Life, which is still to me, scary. I don't give a shit, you know. Sorry, sorry, New York City. do give a shit about New York horror, hardcore. Cold is life to me. At like a later stage of my life, still, I'm still scared of those yeah. dudes. Even though, <laughs> yeah. like, they're like the nicest guys in the world. Right, home. right. But like, just that name alone.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, I know.
1: Right. It's like scary. It's it's funny. Even like moving to New York, and uh, I ran into one of the former members of that band, who I will not name because he's not particularly well respected in these yes. parts. Uh at a bar and he had been playing in another band that I had photographed. Yeah. And I ran into him. It was just like, oh shit, man, like, what's up? We met in Michigan. And the other people at the bar that were like tattooed, like obviously like hardcore kids, yeah. and we started talking about it like cold as life. We're just yeah. like, oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> uh and I just thought it was like this is such a funny, like, street crap. Oh, right, right. Cold coldest life. CGYC, <laughs> man. Yeah. Um, which is all, like, so comical to me now. Yeah. But uh, it digress. You know, so it's like I found out about it's Coldest Life and, like, all the, the, the stuff that I found more scarier, which just immediately made me interested in it. Yeah. And uh, Andy had um, plus-minus records and had they had a message board like a really primitive message board that was like a really fantastic resource of like meeting people outside of my hometown Right. and connecting with them and making friendships and like finding out about shows. And yeah. it, it just kind of exploded for me after that. It's like all I wanted to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Cause there was like always a new adventure to take pictures of. Right. Uh, which I still feel that way. Yeah. yeah you course. know, which I, very much appreciate that that's changed throughout the years of like my love hate relationship with the medium as technology has changed right uh, but there's always an adventure to be had, yeah and I want to be there, you know it's an obsessive nature of like I want to be the one to take a picture of that, yeah, and that's a huge driving force yeah had, of like sticking with it you know
0: i've had a, a other photographers on here before, and I've talked about uh you know how they fail is, you know, when I so when I was younger, you'd go to a show and they'd maybe be one photographer there, and you know, oh, for probably sure. shows that happen that there was no, you know, that we'll never see video of, or, or but nowadays, where everyone has, you know, you can see a uh, hundred pictures of a show two hours after it happens, does that, that oh, loop, sure. like, does it make it harder for you to? It to depends work?
1: on what it yeah. is, you know i i'll give you an example is last so 2019 yeah still i don't even know what day it is or what year it is <laughs> 2019 king diamond was touring around again i was photographing diamond a bunch of times like yeah. you know for a bigger stage show it's like you're going to see opera yeah metal yeah. opera it's oh, awesome, yeah, it's awesome yeah. uh it's very visually stimulating um, which you know when i was younger it was just like i want to take pictures of the most visually stimulating. and to be honest with you the visual stimulation stimulation of like heavy music is i think what drew me to heavy music yeah. more than the heavy music itself, itself yeah. was yeah. you know i liked like i'd love fucking the early 90s shoegaze and like i like yeah. canadian alternative rock right. that's like my my bread and butter yeah but you know Going to watch a dude in acoustic guitar sing sad songs may sound great, but it's fucking boring to look at versus like King Diamond in full makeup. Yeah, You know, stage show. Anyways, so 2019, King Diamond playing at the King's Theater in Brooklyn. Fantastic old venue. Yeah, Beautiful. Sounds great. And I had gone with a buddy of mine and I went up front to shoot and I counted because I was curious. Yeah. Forty. Forty photographer. Really? No, that seems grossly over. Yeah. Let me let me it. it was like twenty five.
0: Right, right. It was like twenty five people. Right.
1: More than five people is too many people. Yeah. There was like twenty people. Uh, up front that all had photo passes yeah. approved by management or the venue to be there. I was right. like, this is ridiculous,
2: yeah. dude. Yeah.
1: Um. Which I'm not a fan of, but at the same time, it's like, this is fucking war, yeah, get out of my way, right. And I know there's a ha- a lot of people that don't like me in those kind of situations. like I don't give a shit. I'm there to get a picture. Yeah. I'm not there to like make friends with you and gossip about like what sick blog you're posting <laughs> your photos on right right I, like I don't give a shit about any of that. Yeah. It's like I'm there because Captain. I love the record them by King diamond so much yeah. that anytime I can take a picture of that band playing those songs and look at those pictures, I hear that record for yeah. the first time in my head again. Yeah. And that's so much more important to me than, you know, uh, making friends, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or, 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 you yeah. know, <clears throat> revolver magazine. Yeah. Um, so, it's changed significantly the way that uh, people consume information and the way that information is documented. Yeah. I honestly have been shooting a lot more film in the last couple of years because on top of listening to cassette tapes, like I miss this romantic element of yes. why I do what I do. I still get like a huge photo boner for the digital photos I take, don't right. get me wrong. But there's something so much more re- rewarding of like, I can put, point my camera at a waterfall and get a picture of it on this piece of plastic yeah. that is charged by electricity, yeah. or I can take a picture of this waterfall and it somehow magically goes onto a piece of celluloid yeah. that I can then take and shine light through onto a piece of paper coated with something, and right. the same image comes up. Like, yeah. that's wild, like, yeah, it's still wild. a science that, like, is fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, with, like, little kid enthusiasm, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's it's not fun for me anymore to, like, shoot bands at bigger venues, because right. there's that's this competition for media consumption, but, like, I just, I'm not interested in that.
2: Yeah,
1: I understand, like, there's money. To be made kind of well not necessarily in the music industry but like money to be made about producing right. content you know yeah, yeah. um i don't i don't care about the content yeah. that other people are producing i just want to make sure that like if king diamond's playing i get the best picture of king diamond there yeah. and then when you run into things like oh king diamond posted my photo on the internet for people to see yeah. and like said that it was mine like, that's cool. Yeah, I know King yeah. Diamond personally didn't do that. Right, right. But it's a little bit of a recognition yeah, a cool on a much, yeah, much more mainstream level that's like, it's a cool little, you know, pat on the shoulder. It's yeah. like, oh, you're doing good, bud. Like, King <laughs> Diamond likes you on the internet. Yeah, you know? Yeah. It's kind of cool. What does that mean versus anything else that I could be doing with my life? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't really think it means anything. Yeah. But getting that little pat on the back is kind of kind of great. Yeah. Um and capturing that stuff is, like,
0: you have a photo um you took of uh Steve Austin. It's a mm-hmm. close up of his face. It looks like it's right when he came off stage.
1: Oh you know? yeah. That was uh, he's, he's a good friend.
0: Yeah. Of, actually the last live show I saw was today's the day in Providence. Great. Uh, about a year ago. Awesome. And I have walked up to him right after he's walked off stage before and that's exactly what he looks like where just everything just came out of this guy and uh steve is the and that picture just captures that so much. when i saw that picture i was like oh that's the steve i've seen walk off stage like with steam coming off him and his eyes are all red and so so he he looks
1: fucking terrifying yeah
0: yeah exactly like, so like one like, of the yeah like one of like the when he's singing. people i've ever yeah he's met. like the nicest guy ever so.
1: uh that was saint vitus yeah, i've yeah. known i don't even remember when i met you i, I whatever i see like i love today's the day yeah fantastic band um anybody can argue about their records but i think in the eyes of god is just like a fucking perfect yeah. record yeah, that, that's uh um mine too and I just started, photo, you know, it, it becomes, I've, I've been fortunate to, like, develop some cool relationships with people over yeah. the years, of, of bands that I really like. And it first becomes, is because I'm a fan. Yeah. Like, I like that band, because yeah. that record freaks me out. I don't know that I've ever been in much, as much pain as he has been in his life to write songs like that, yeah, which is fantasy. Yeah. You know, yeah. some, some people watch, like, like Jersey shore or like celebrity reality show. Cause they want to watch like people in pain exposing themselves. Right. I want to listen to Steve Austin. Yeah. Fucking tell me about how he wants everybody to die.
0: Yeah. I know.
1: And yeah. I, I met him photographing him and I, I think I had seen a picture of him, holding an assault you like steve loves guns yeah and he had been holding like an assault rifle and pointing at the camera yeah and i went up to him and i was like hey man like i really like a band um like so there's this picture of you i saw could you like do that with your guitar (laughs) and he was like oh yeah sure man and i like he was so nice yeah yeah. took the time oh yeah yeah to like just sit and like hang out with me for a couple minutes oh yeah and we just stayed in contact and uh, I started photographing them a bunch. Yes. Yeah. Whenever they would come through town and that picture I, I agree with you is definitely like in my top twenty favorite like pictures I've ever taken. Yeah, yes. um, not to like jerk off about the dude in the band, but like that to me is one of those photos that's like that's that guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It's definitely.
1: not a picture of that guy. But yeah. That is that guy. Yeah. When he is Austin Enterprises. Steve Austin yeah, today yeah. is the day on stage, yeah. not Steve Austin Homesteader yeah. on the farm. Yeah, uh, I had the benefit of going to. Uh, we went, and uh, my buddy Bill is, and I are working on a documentary about Dead Guy. Oh, nice! Uh, which I'm super excited about. Yeah. And we had gone to Maine to talk to him to oh, Steve nice. about uh, recording. Um, uh the screen and record yeah, yeah and i we we rolled up to his house yeah and he and his son had just c- killed a deer oh. which was like gonna feed the family for the winter yeah so like i was like dude um <laughs> and while I, I was double dipping while i was there like i was shooting uh promo photos of him for for the last record oh,
2: okay, yeah.
1: um and i was just like dude we're gonna shoot this shit on film and I'm going to take pictures of you with that deer. Yeah. And he, and he was like, oh man, like for real. And I was just <laughs> like, yeah, there's, this is super important to me for two reasons. First, you're going to feed your family with that deer. Yeah. Like that is real life. Yeah. yeah. Also, fuck digital. Like I want to f- document you literally providing for your family. Yeah. Not only by these like scary riffs you play, but like with your physical <sighs> yeah, hands. Yeah. yeah
0: like literally feeding your
1: family literally feeding and like so i got these great photos of him and i actually sold film photos yeah. to a record label in 2020 oh wow that is like a, a something to say out loud to somebody yeah, yeah, is yeah. wild to me yeah, and I, had, I called him and i was like hey man so i'm gonna send you digital and and film can you please push the film photos yeah, for yeah. me? Because I think it's super important yeah. that I could still make money off of using an archaic medium Yeah. because that's to me represents you the best. And the label were like, yeah, that's great. It's cool. And I was just like, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, wow. it was like another little pat on the back Yeah. victory.
0: Yeah. He's a good dude. My, my old band, uh, we I found out he you could record at his recording studio. I just I randomly sent him an email. I was thinking he's this guy's never gonna write us, but we really like a metal band, right? We're right. We're like a '90s in like Smashing Pumpkins, a little heavier type thing. But uh, but yeah, he wrote us back, and we ended up going out there recording with him. And it was right after, it was so Literally awesome. like a week after he had finished uh, doing the double album. And, oh, uh, so cool. Yeah, and he was just like, it "Was the, <laughs> I?" Just remember one night. We were there, and him and I went to the store, and we got in his uh, his SUV. And his wife had left a little like uh, <laughs> post-it note that was like, "Steve, pick up milk and eggs or something." And I just remember thinking, "Like, this is the guy that you know wrote like spotting a unicorn." And there's this <laughs> a little like, you know, note with just
1: family yeah, man. Yeah,
0: yeah, and just like just a good dude. And, and then the bass player in that in my band ended up. Uh, playing in that band he had with uh chris spencer uh oh sweet uh uxo yeah uxo yeah, yeah 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 arnie he, he played oh
1: game. cool yeah uh i met him yeah. i photographed them also with film because yeah. i was just like gotta shoot film dude yeah. <laughs> you guys gotta shoot film yeah
0: yeah yeah they were great i, I saw them when they played up here yeah
1: so, yeah yeah. I, I like that record a lot i mean how can you go wrong it's like yeah i know right the chris two sure. scariest <sighs> songwriters yeah. like yeah in the last 30 years yeah
0: and so, shooting bands um, uh, experience like would have been some of the the better experience. You know, obviously this this becoming friends with Steve Austin and and, and things like that. Have you? Or what are some of the other uh, better experiences um, you've had?
1: I was super lucky that I ended up actually working in a music venue a couple of years ago in Brooklyn called the Brooklyn Bazaar and. Our sound guy Fred Etzv was the drummer of Dismember, and he and I became really good friends because we're music dorks. But he's just also a really great dude.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and they were gracious enough to hire me to come to Sweden in 2019 and shoot their reunion show oh. at uh, the Scandinavian Death Yeah. You know, and your question is fantastic because it you know over the years of trying to carve my way and stick to some integrity and make money at this and like there's a lot of ups and downs of like what the fuck am i doing with myself right. and they played two nights at that show or at that festival and the second night i had this just epiphany of like that feeling again of being in the dark room when I was a teenager and watching that picture come to life life in the developer of just being like, man, the amount of like awful decisions I've made in my life (laughs) and amazing decisions, which there's way less of, but all the dominoes that fell to get me to this moment of being the only person allowed to document arguably the greatest death metal band from Sweden.
0: Yeah. That's that's
1: awesome. my opinion. Yeah. I mean, entombed, entombed and Unleashed are great too, right, but right. Yeah. Um, I'm biased, you know, because because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they took me yeah. to Sweden with yeah,
0: them. Um, that is pretty crazy, and that's like more like, than like I almost, any kind of money, money could could
1: could. Absolutely, could, and I was getting paid. Yeah, I got paid. I got paid to go to another country, and in follow these dudes around in their country my okay. girlfriend went with me yeah and like it's not that she didn't like know who they were and right. like their significance but like walking around Stockholm yeah. and seeing dudes and dismember shit knowing <laughs> you're all we're all going to the same place yeah
2: yeah
1: was so rad the same way when you were a kid and you saw somebody in a band shirt you're yeah, yeah, like yeah. oh those, those are my people yeah, you know
0: yeah
1: yeah and i have a, again person. like i haven't felt that way in so long but i was just like so proud it's like awesome. yeah you guys are going to see the band i'm the only one that gets to take pictures of it <laughs> and why because i spent decades yeah. working my ass off yeah to get to this moment yeah. and i really it was one of the few times i've ever like really been able to cherish yeah and and while it was going on also understand yeah how just amazing of an opportunity that was yeah to not only befriend them and just what a bunch of great dudes yeah like fantastic dudes yeah be welcome into their family and take pictures of something that to a small group of people is a massive point in that history of that band in those fans lives oh yeah you know i tried to as much as i can just kind of wander around and take Pictures of the crowd and like people wearing their gear and just be like, oh, you know, like where are you from? Like, whatever, right. I'm from the U.S., you know. And uh, like, people came from all around the world just to watch that band play for an hour. Yeah, yeah. And you know, to meet their fans and like kind of get pictures of that was like, oh, this is so cool, man. Yeah. Like it's so cool. I feel like a little kid. <laughs> um, I'm just so excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, it was great. Like that was one of the the probably. I mean, that was like a a pinnacle experience for me. And I've had a handful of those over the years. Of like you go from being having this like adolescent admiration for stuff that you like, you know, be it writers or musicians or filmmakers, like whatever, painters, uh, you know, know, scientists, and you get to meet them. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But then not only do you get to meet them you're now part of their world yeah yeah and your peers um i and back to steve austin like i have put out uh i put out a full length on a record label in um brooklyn called Aqualam. Yes. like my kind of solo project nathaniel shannon and the vanishing twin which is this like very kind of mark Lanigan meets shoegaze folky oh, nice. stoner metal thing that's not right. metal at all but like you know it's my love of like oh, yeah, cult yeah. of luna and neurosis oh, nice. mixed with mark lanagan even though it doesn't sound like that at all <laughs> anyway right. um he i hit him up and was just like hey man you know hey steve austin we're friends now which is cool yeah. uh how's your car how's the farm so I've got these songs and I don't know what the fuck to do with them. But can I send them to you? And he was like, Yeah, man. And he called me a couple of days later and was just like, That shit's weird as fuck, Nathaniel. And I was just like, That's a good thing, right? And he's like, Yeah. So he, I got him to like mix and master my record, which oh, awesome. I'm sure having you had you recorded with him, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You go from like I love this dude because he freaks me out yeah. to like I'm freaking him out.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, when we when we recorded with him, I remember he was like, he was like, hey, he's like, I don't want to like step on your stuff here. He's like, but I I really hear like a piano. He's like, do you mind if I? (laughs) So he's like, he played like keyboards on some of our some of the tracks on there. I'm like, yeah, so cool. Yeah, Steve Austin, you can play keyboards on our album that no one's ever gonna hear anyway. But (laughs) that's
1: true. That's so awesome.
0: Yeah, that's so so awesome. Yeah.
1: Um, when we were up there last fall or a year and a half ago, you know, for the Dead Guy interview, um, I had never met his wife before, but she came in and, like, introduced herself. I was like, oh, hey, yeah, like, I've heard, you know, Steve's told me about you. He's like, she was like, oh, you're Nathaniel. Your record's weird as fuck, man. <laughs> oh, awesome. we, we listen to it all the time. Oh, and funny. I was just like, Steve Austin's wife listens to my <laughs> record. I was like, whoa, that's so cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. We uh, we jumped ahead of, like, how did you get from... uh? Michigan to New York. You ended
1: up moving to New York to go to school. Yeah. Is that right? So I was probably going to die had I stayed in Michigan Yeah. Um, from some extreme alcohol abuse and depression and just trying to like manage mm-hmm. being young and navigating um, a very dark negative community yeah. that when I was young found very inspirational, but that inspiration, Inspiration had worn its welcome, and it right. turned into like uh you know, you can't leave us. Right. Yeah. You have to stay and seeing how people you, are. And, and... You have to stay here and like be miserable and die with all of us. Uh, I I I had to get the fuck out of there, and I had applied to go back to school, and I had gotten into the school of visual arts, and waited a couple of years, but then, you know, said fuck it and literally two weeks before school started was like i'm coming yeah. coming to new york and just kind of hopped on a plane mm-hmm. uh, couch surfed for a month uh and ended up you know finding the first of i don't know six apartments in one year yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bouncing around <laughs> yeah um brooklyn and that was a really insane experience yeah. to just put all my chips in one duffel bag.
0: Yeah. Did you know people out out there?
1: Yeah. So I knew a girl. Yeah. I had a friend, female friend Mm -hmm. that I had gone to community college with loosely in Michigan. And she had gone to SCA. And was like, yeah, you got to come out. And I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to do that. And she's like, yeah, you can stay with me. And, uh, I couldn't get a hold of her before I moved and she finally called me. And was like, yeah, I started smoking crack. Oh Jesus. Um, so you can't stay with me cause I got to go <laughs> to rehab. And my first instinct. And I think what I said to her was like, who the fuck smokes crack?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, is it like 1989? Oh, like, right. why are you smoking crack? Yeah. Like it shit got that bad. Like cocaine wasn't cool enough right. anymore. Yeah. Like you started smoking rock. I was like, okay. Um, I'm just going to figure this out. And I just came and I, I I did it, which was fucking terrifying to say the least. Um, you know, unfortunately I found my way into, uh, things going on in New York, you know, started shooting bands around here and kind of created, I guess my network, uh, worked at a bar in the East village. So that was a fantastic way to meet people. And, um, I just kind of w- hit the ground running. Yeah, uh, you work with you know, uh, he,
0: Richard Kern. Did you uh, intern with him?
1: Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what,
0: was that like? what
1: was weird about it? Yeah, what was weird about it? How not weird Richard Kern is <laughs> as yeah, that's, a sober, that's, yeah, that's sober middle-aged man. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was a huge fan. Yeah. And I met him, I had gone, one of my classes at SVA, like we went to like a gallery opening he had and like teacher had, had arranged for us to meet him. And, you know, it was like, I was way older than everybody. And like, I was like freaking out and just yeah. like, oh my God, it's your career. Where everybody else is like, yeah, I guess this is fine. Right. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's like a girl right. in her underwear smoking a joint. Right. And I was like, not only is that a girl in her underwear, but like that's the 40 billionth picture of a girl in her, her underwear that that dude has taken right. because his body of work is fucking a blocker. It's like how many people he's photographed. Right. Sure numbers. Yeah. Anyway, uh, met him and I was just like, I'll, I'll come work for you <laughs> <laughs> for free. Yeah. And, uh, I ended up through school doing like an internship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and my favorite Richard Kern story was, is I had on a cannibal corp shirt okay. and he was like, was, uh, was uh peter's peter Steele was the singer of that band i was like no you're thinking of carnivore because right. they both start with the c he's yeah. like oh yeah carnivore he's like yeah i photographed that guy and i was like i know richard kern you shot the my girlfriend's girlfriend typo negative seven inch <laughs> cover
2: yeah
1: with peter Steele banging two chicks yeah or whatever it is yeah and i was just like can i ask you a question and he's like sure i was like is his dick really as big as everybody said it was? <laughs> and he started laughing. He's just like, yeah, man, it was a big dick. <laughs> and I was just like, holy shit. I remember at one point um, I helped him do his taxes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By helped him, he made me just add up everything because like nobody wants to fucking add up their your receipts. Right. Um, and I just remember like texting a buddy of mine uh, Early in cell phone text, you know, it's like flip phone, where yeah, it's like yeah. it takes you twenty minutes. Yeah. Uh, just like in Kern's apartment, doing taxes, <laughs> and I he like called me immediately, yeah. And I like couldn't take the call because like Richard Kern right. sitting right there.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, I called him. I was like, dude, I helped Richard Kern add up. He really likes strawberries. <laughs> um, which is cool. That uh that relationship kind of fizzled out because. Yeah. He doesn't really pay. And um I was preoccupied with like doing hood rat shit. Yeah. Uh but it was, you know, one of those experiences of just like, I have like a boatload of this dude's books and his studied his work and now I'm like spending time with him. Yeah. And I realize that he's just like a super normal guy. Right. post being a drug addict and right, taking right. some of the coolest pictures of yeah. the 80s in New York City. Yeah. Like, you're just like a normal dude wearing a denim shirt, sure, you know, yeah. just pretty yeah. sweet.
0: That seems to be the, th- like, like we were saying about Steve Austin, where, you know, this image of him with his, with a microphone, like, halfway down his throat, and then you meet him, and he's like, oh, yeah, man, how you doing? Oh, cool. You sure. Know? And uh, <laughs> that seems to be a theme with, with a lot of, uh, yeah. when you meet him, or they turn out to be complete dicks.
1: Uh, yeah Yeah. that's also that's also fun like frank black like the biggest piece of shit ever which sucks because i love the pixie so much yeah um there's
0: there's certain artists i I don't want to meet when i hear certain things mm -hmm. about just because i don't want to have that ruined you know
1: i always uh this is a weird one charles barkley yeah i don't want to meet that guy because i love him yeah such a dickhead (laughs) yeah he's like so lovably a dickhead yeah uh that I feel like if I met him and he was, like, a dick to me, it would, like, absolutely crush me, even though I'm way too old, I think, <laughs> to, like, really be that passionate about Charles Barkley, but still, he's yeah. one that yeah. would super bum me out. Yeah.
0: Have you had many shit, like, with photographing artists, have you had many uh, shitty experiences? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, you just had a... I think... Know? Go ahead. No, I was going to say you posted something recently about a, a, the situation, too, with fist.
1: Oh, no, fuck Oz says, yeah. Fuck Ozzy. <laughs> uh, well, it's that kind of stuff of like, don't be a dick, dude. Right. Like, your job is performing. Yeah. My job is to document you performing. Your job is to perform by any means necessary. My job is to document you by any means necessary. Um, and like, I... I can deal with the band ego. I can deal with like getting yelled at by right. people on stage. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but there's, you know, one of Boston's finest metal bands, um, had run-ins with their singer. Yeah. I've had run-ins with a lot of people.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I've gotten kicked out of a lot of places, gotten into a lot of fights, yeah. gotten punched in the face a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, it's fine. If you don't like me, right. Give a shit. Yeah. Like, I'm a gorilla. <laughs> <This is> the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever said. I'm a fucking gorilla. Um, no, I just like I'm there. I'm there to take pictures of you, yeah. man. Just let me do my job. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna stop you. I'm not gonna stop you from doing your job. Let me do my job. Right. I've had a boatload of those interactions, especially yeah. in smaller venues. Yeah. Especially these things change back yeah. to the point of it used to be the one guy with a camera right so nobody gave a shit yeah if there's 20 people in your face with cameras i get it it's super annoying how do i separate myself from them while you're on stage i don't know yeah i don't know but that's also part of your job
2: now is to be
1: documented um that being said there has been controversial uh lashing outs at the press from the stage yeah, yeah. and I always find that topic kind of really fascinating. Yeah. Um, there was one incident and in like of Queens, of the stone age plan a couple years ago oh, and, you know, yeah. Josh kicked whatever that girl's camera and shit. Yeah. And like, everybody was like, that's bullshit. She should be in a safe space. It's like now, nah, man, every time you leave your house, you could die. Yeah. That's just part of being an adult. Right. And if you've got your camera, even if it's in an arena, pointed at somebody does that give that guy the right to kick it Eh, not necessarily but like you should be fucking lucky that you're even there yeah because you don't have to be you're not important like you're not important i'm not important when i'm documenting people i'm not important so somebody wants to take a swing at me as much as it may piss me off i respect that yeah because i am in their face yeah and, and it's kind of kind of controversial and like people can argue that like what rights do you have back and forth thing, but it's like to me if it's in an arena or a basement it's the same world yeah. as far as like this shit is just a chaotic mess yeah of combustible energy that everybody's trying to get out so we don't like fucking kill each other yeah. that's it yeah um and i have to respect that from all sides yeah um my big issue is more of dealing with crowds Yeah. the older I get yeah. because again, there isn't just one person, that one person with the camera at a show, any size venue used to be the professional, no matter if that person was 14 or 45, right. you know, everybody was just like, Oh, that guy's got a camera. <laughs> again, when there's 14 people shooting, at a 150 cap room everybody in the crowd is annoyed too and i have to respect that yeah. um and it's existentially kind of become more difficult for me to like put myself in those situations yeah. mainly because like, i don't want to bum people's time out but i also like get sick of having to fight people because i'm gonna bulldoze my way in yeah yeah and get my pictures yeah, yeah. and get out of your way. Yeah. I'm not going to stay up there the whole time,
2: yeah.
1: but like, I'm here to document what's going on. Yeah. You're here to emote to what's going on.
2: Yeah.
1: We can all be friends. Uh, but that happens with greater frequency. And it, it sucks because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm getting old. I don't want to fight everybody all the time, <laughs> but at yeah. the same time, like, Okay.
2: Yeah. Do you
0: uh, do you find uh, so you've taken pictures of uh, political rallies and marches and and that kind of thing? Sure. Uh, What are some like the challenges between like between that and like a hardcore show? Seems like it could almost be similar in in so respects.
1: About May of last year, there was a lot of whining going on the internet of people being like, "I miss shows." Yeah, shows uh i work at two music well worked at one music venue because the other closed uh at st vitus in brooklyn and it was a, a a welcome break to not have to go listen to bands play every night
2: right.
1: um, in between photographing them
2: yeah
1: and it was nice to just kind of take a break from that right and then george floyd got murdered Yeah. and all hell broke loose in this yeah. country and i started attending because of political and ethical humanitarian beliefs uh it's also in my backyard in brooklyn yeah. and brought my camera with me and i realized really quickly the first time that the nypd decided to throw a barricade at a crowd of people yeah. not get on a bullhorn and politely courteously ask a group of a couple thousand people who are being peaceful to back up so they can put up a gate so they don't spill into a neighborhood, which is a reasonable request when they decided to throw it at them and all hell broke loose and police cars got burnt and it turned into a war. I was like, Oh shit, man. It's just like shooting shows. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I got home that night and I was just like all fired up, you know, like I had a lot of adrenaline and was exhausted from like running, like running. Um, and I was just like, man, I don't want to praise what happened because what happened was fucking disgusting. Yeah. Of course. However, politics are removed as a, strictly emotional response as a documentarian to a situation around me. What a stimulating thing. Yeah, It was absolutely stimulating. Yeah, I was like high on adrenaline for yeah. days after that.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I got sucked into shooting a lot of that last, last spring and summer. Yeah. Uh, because it needed to be documented. Of I have plenty of friends around the country who watched the news and were not getting an accurate description yeah. of what was going on, which yeah. I thought was very important to share with those who wanted to listen. Yeah. Uh, on top of you know my, we don't have to get into politics, but like pretty sure you can figure out which way yeah. I kind of lean and back. Um, it was important. It's important time. Yeah. You know I think what an interesting time opportunistically for all sides to have this happen Mm -hmm. during uh, a a national health and educational crisis. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I wanted to shoot as much of it as I I could physically like energy wise uh, document and, what I realized that for about a month in after things in New York city kind of died down, that's when all like the latch honors. Yeah. Is that a word? That's when all like the kind of dick hustler photographers. Right. A lot of which I kind of know from yeah. like music industry mm-hmm. and like their fucking Instagram. That's when like the influencer photographers started yeah, to come out, like when yeah. things got safe. Yeah. And, um, it was a huge bummer to watch
2: yeah, yeah, because
1: it came from, you know, and I don't, I don't by any means want to be like, I'm the only one right, who right. to take pictures. Like yeah, it's yeah. not that right. it's when you go from like, let's say 1500 people in a March and there's 15, 20 people with cameras. Yeah. That's one thing. But when it's, fifteen hundred people in a march and there's three thousand people there oh, with cameras. Right. I mean it got to the point where it's like there's more people out here shooting than yeah. there are protesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause everybody's like trying to make a name for themselves right. out of that. And I started to kind of have like some ethical issues with being out there. Yeah. And there was one march in particular led by Jumani Williams, who is the the um, uh, civic leader I'm kind of Sorry, I'm kind of forgetting his official title. Yeah. Um, but he led a lot of pro- marches, and there was a silent march across the Brooklyn Bridge mm-hmm. um, into Manhattan. Okay. And I got stuck in front of it, photographing the the march as it was coming onto the bridge. And right. there's like hundreds of people here. Yeah. So I'm, I can't leave. Like once I'm on the bridge, like I'm in front of it, I can't leave. Yeah. And photographers started fighting over getting positions oh, to Jesus. document this right to the point where during a silent march yeah photographers are fighting and the nypd love them or hate them has to step in and separate oh, Jesus. the documentarians you know and it's like who's watching the watchmen right. up in this motherfucker right yeah, yeah, yeah. now of like the photographers are causing the problems it's not the NYPD versus black lives matter, black lives matter versus NYPD. It's photographers disrupting everything. Right. And there's one photographer who I won't name, who fancies himself a music photographer in New York city. Uh, he's a fucking dick hustler. And I, did not take pictures of this because ethically, I thought it was just so fucking awful. Yeah. Him getting photographed at the front of the march with his fist up in the air oh, and his man. like Shea Guevara shirt on or whatever, yeah, right. and I was like, "I'm fucking done, dude." Yeah,
0: yeah. It's...
1: This is what this is turning into. This yeah. is like some paparazzi bullshit. Yeah,
0: definitely.
1: And like, I'm not out here getting paid. I'm not out here for any other reason other than like my parents. And other people who aren't as well informed as some other people that I'm associated with in my life need to see what's going yeah. on. Yeah,
2: you're The sure. same
1: way they need to see how awesome King Diamond still is right, at right. sixty years old. Yeah. Um, and I I did. Like after that, I was like, I can't do this shit anymore. Like I don't wanna be a part of this. I'm no longer part of why this is a really important movement in American history? Right. So I stopped shooting. Yeah. Um, which was a really difficult ethical choice to make.
0: Yeah.
1: Because it's an addiction, and like I feel like a loser if I don't have my camera with me, and I'm yeah. not like making work. You know.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, not to say going to protests after that like wasn't enriching because it totally right. was. And yeah. It was like great to be there. But that's one emotional element of like my whole being in that kind of situation. Uh, and then my girlfriend and I dipped and we drove out to Wyoming
0: yeah.
1: uh, to go to Yellowstone oh, nice. <laughs> during, during Trump's America and a pandemic, which was <laughs> fucking wild yes. thinking, leaving like I'm going to leave Brooklyn where it's like fucking war, yeah. war of like, it's like a race, not a race war, right, but right. like it's, it's a us versus them in yeah, a way yeah. that like i've never really participated in before or yeah. seen um in my backyard yeah. to driving across the country that does not give a fuck about anything. Yeah, yeah. to the most beautiful place in america.
0: Yeah. That's
1: awesome. What a weird what a weird surreal couple months that was. Yeah, yeah. Um
0: How long how long were we out there for?
1: We were at Yellowstone for five days and we yeah. went up to Montana and Glacier National Park. And oh, nice. one of our, 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 friends lives in Montana and her boyfriend's a fishing guide on the Yellowstone. So yeah. he was out of work. So we just went fishing a bunch and oh, like nice. talk, talked about, I just dorked out about like, Oh my God, Jim Harrison, Steve, you know, talking about Steve Austin, like Jim Harrison, my favorite author, like fished all these rivers. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, this is so great. <laughs> uh, you know, gives a shit about shooting music anymore. When right. I can just like go fly fishing, you know, <laughs> talk about like the same absolute, like I, I made this photograph. Like I pulled, pulled, you know, a rainbow trout out of a river with a <laughs> stick and a fake fly attached yeah. to like, you know, how cool is that? Um, yeah. So the protest stuff was wild. Yeah. Yellowstone was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, and an inspiring time to like be able to go and do that. And, you know, as, as a photographer, artist, whatever, I love shooting nature. Yeah. Like a lot, like love shooting nature. Yeah. Um, so to be able to go and like reconnect emotionally mm-hmm. with an art form, documenting something that's just so beautiful Yeah. that is from the earth the same way it was so beautiful to watch people tell, that NYPD to go fuck themselves.
0: Right, right. Was
1: like a very weird juxtaposition, yeah. but kind of just also very uh, butafic isn't a word, but butafic yeah. beautiful yeah. um, way to spend you know a couple months yeah. of, how, of my quarantine.
0: How, how how do you uh, capture that? Because like I, I went to the Grand Canyon before, and it's one of those places like photographing it it just seemed like it didn't really uh do it overwhelming right yeah yeah so with like uh, with something like yellowstone how do you approach Uh, to capture it
1: i brought nine cameras with me yeah (laughs) (laughs) and my girlfriend made fun of me the whole time yeah because i was lugging around like four different film cameras and my digital and like a tripod but it was like, I don't know when I'm going to be back here. And like, yeah, I don't know what every day is going to be like. And I just don't want to miss anything. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm being presented with this opportunity and I have to take like full,
0: yeah,
1: full advantage, yeah. you know, of that, um, you know, not that shooting bands and stuff isn't cool, but right. I like taking pictures of more than just that.
0: Yeah. yeah. And and you, you... You've done a lot of uh, portraits, uh, not portraits, but sort of uh, capturing people. Um, I saw you did these uh, the series of the closing of a, a homeless shelter in Florida. What was that about?
1: Oh, that was about, um, what year is it? 2021. That was like 12, 13 years ago. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was from St. Pete, and we went down there, and her father... Uh, was an illustrator for the St. Pete newspaper, or whatever that's called. We'll call yeah. it the St. Pete Times. Okay. Um, or Tampa. It was either Tampa or St. Pete, one of the newspapers. Right. Anyways, he got this tip off of this homeless shelter was closing and um, he was going to go check it out yeah. and just talk to people and see what the story was. And I went, and at the time, you know, I had like stomach, long hair, and beard and looked like a fucking mutant. <laughs> and, um, They weren't scared of me. Yeah. To the point where the press photographer from the newspaper that he the the father of my girlfriend worked for, they told that dude to fuck off.
0: Oh really? And get
1: out of there. Yeah. Whereas me, I just started talking to him and like we had some drinks.
0: Yeah.
1: Like I I drank some beers with him and just hung out. And there was one guy in particular that like he took my phone number cause he wanted to call me for when he proposed to his old lady and oh, well. wanted me to take pictures of their wedding. Uh, you know, I mean, it got, yeah, yeah. it got like pretty emotional. Yeah, yeah, I'm sitting just, I'm just hanging out with these people and right. like kind of hearing their story of the, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remember, I think the city just cut funding for yeah. that shelter. You know, it was like a, a, a nonprofit shelter Got the cut, funding cut, and I spent, you know, like, two hours just hanging out with this crew under a, an overpass. Yeah. Um, it was just welcomed in. Uh, and it, it was it was a pretty cool moment in retrospect. Yeah. My girlfriend at the time, she's, like, a really amazing singer, and she started singing, like, gospel songs with them, oh, and, wow. like, everybody just started singing. Yeah. yeah it was, like brutally emotional yeah, um, I bet, yeah, like this is real life yeah this is real life this yeah. is also not being from florida this is real life to me in florida even though this is real life everywhere but i was just like man i'm having like a really florida-ass moment
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I, in the I've, street <laughs> i've taken the train across country a few times and uh oh right. you just you get stuck on a train and you meet people that you would never so oh, talk to sure. or associate with and it, it's. I've always found like it's terrible to take the fucking train across country but the moments when you you know spend like I spent like seven hours with this African American woman who wrote like self help books it was like right. in her 70s and just talked to her about life and someone I would probably never associate with ever and uh, you just swipe up conversations and uh, I think that's that's, awesome. important. that's important stuff I think oh
1: yeah, yeah. You know, so that's, that's, and if you you can document them in the process, like yeah that's yeah. super cool. Yeah. It's super yeah, was cool.
0: One one of the one of the pictures in that I remember is a guy like holding a badge and he's missing some fingers. Was it was that a, a policeman or something? An ex policeman?
1: Uh I think he was a volunteer firefighter. Yeah. And still active.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: Which is crazy. Yeah. You know, dude can't afford to live, but like and I don't know, it's a full story, you know, that. Yeah. like that. That might be on him, right? But you right. know, was still like a volunteer firefighter.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: I Forgot about that work. I haven't yeah. looked at any of that stuff in a really long time.
0: Yeah, uh, and then day that you uh, went to Mexico.
1: I went to Mexico. I went to Mexico for Damian Boyle's wedding. Oh, okay. name yeah. drop name yeah. dropped that piece of shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, he and his wife are old friends, yeah. and they were getting married in Mexico brought me down there to like photograph their wedding, um, which is super cool. Cause yeah. it was like a week before Halloween. Yeah. So we, my girlfriend went with me and, uh, you know, we just made a trip out of it cause I'd never been to Mexico before. Um, so we hung out with like his family, uh, and like the whole wedding party in, in the town, wow. um, where they got married, which was cool. And then we bailed and went to Mexico city for, um, what we like to call devil's night in Detroit where the whole city burns down, which is awesome. (laughs) Uh, We ended up finding some record store and I looked at my girlfriend and I was like, you've got two options of what we're going to do tonight. And she's like, okay. I was like, we're either going to go see phobia or we're going to go see green jelly. And she was just like, why the fuck would you even ask me that question? I was like, yeah, so we're going to go see Phobia, right? No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. No offense to that, but I was like, yeah, we're going to go see Green Jelly play in Mexican City. <laughs> like, why the fuck will we not do that? Right. And uh, It was amazing. Yeah. It was so, like, that William Manspeaker, like, again, one of those things of, like, I saw the Three Little Pigs video on MTV. Everybody yeah. did. Yeah. That shit was hilarious when you were a kid.
0: Yeah. I saw that. Now
1: I'm watching. Oh, of, yeah.
0: Yeah. Back in the day. When? Uh, when, when, when that record... That record, uh, right meant, on, yeah, awesome. Whatever that was 90 something,
1: yeah. So you were going to see them, but I was like in elementary school, <laughs> and that <laughs> to make you feel old, yeah. But, um, who would have thought then that I would end, end up in Mexico City watching this dude yeah. play with a bunch of locals, yeah, as his backing band because that's his whole shtick because yeah. like he just hires people, yeah, to be his to, like locally to be his band, play three little pigs for like a half hour to a crowd of maybe 20 just super drunk Mexicans that are having so much fun. Yeah. Um, My girlfriend actually ended up befriending the owner of the bar because he, his brother, like, owned a bar in, like, Brooklyn or something. There was some, like, New York connection. So he gave us all these drink tickets, and we got shit-faced. And I had seen this, like, young American kid also with a camera. It's the only other person there with a camera, like, running around. I was like, dude, this kid looks like he's, like, 15. Like, why is he here? And I saw him, like, standing at the bar, like, talking to somebody. I was like, hey, are you... Like with the band, and he was like, "Yeah, man, that's my dad." <laughs> I was like, "You're William Manspeakers kid." Like, yeah, I was like, "Can I meet your dad?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, dude, it's his birthday." Oh, and so, like, we went backstage, and by backstage I mean to the like curtain next to the stage <laughs> the curtain area, table, yeah. the picnic table, and all these people had like made him birthday cake or like cupcakes with like the little pigs characters on them. <laughs> And she's like, it's my birthday. I have a cupcake. And like, I ate a cupcake. and like, we hung out for a little while. And like, I took a bunch of pictures of him just laying in a pile of all the little pigs costumes. And I was just like, dude, I would have never thought (laughs) listening to that song when I was just like 10 years old, 13 years however old I was when that came out, that I would be in Mexico hanging out with this guy (laughs) on his birthday.
0: That is pretty, Um, it's crazy. It's pretty rad yeah. right
1: uh and you know whatever damien got married
2: <laughs> yeah, Shit. yeah uh
1: and we came back and like met up with them um yeah. for halloween you oh, know because awesome. the whole point was to be down there for like day of the dead and halloween yeah, which yeah. is like so beautiful and awesome yeah, yeah. um and i was just like dude yeah cool you had a honeymoon we got to hang out with green jelly in mexico city <laughs> I'm awesome. William Manspeaker's birthday. I'm like, I took pictures of all of it. Like How <laughs> rad is that?
0: That is pretty awesome. That's cool, man. This So this is, uh, you know, the, the brought you all over the world and all over, uh, you know, to, to meet all sorts of, uh, it's not heroes, but, you know, the, the people that you love in music and, and photography. So that's pretty cool that you've been able to do all this stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, it's been... You know, I, I took my stab at, like, trying to play music. I had a band in, in Detroit that yeah. uh, was, like, very, you can dagger drive, like, Jehu, that kind of never went anywhere because we were young, and yeah. I was probably being an asshole. Um, and the camera just kind of never went away, you yeah. know, and then later in life... I put out that record with Aqualamb. I just put on a new EP back uh, Halloween, also on Aqualamb, called oh, The right. Three Mothers, yeah. which is like a concept record about uh, Dario Argento's Three Mothers film oh, trilogy, right. which Steve Austin also mixed and mastered yeah. uh, for me. Um, and, you know, the music, playing music, hasn't really led me to any... Well, I shouldn't say it hasn't led me in like any cool realms, obviously. Right. Like, I got... Steve involved in that, right, like, right? You know, that's super cool. Um, but the camera has kind of allowed me to be my ticket into um, having some some pretty entertaining episodes. Yeah, yeah. Throughout my lifetime, I like
0: that green jelly.
1: Um, yeah, that shit's awesome. Yeah. You know, like who would have thought? And you know, I I could have still gone to see Green Jelly in Mexico City, but yeah. like. I wouldn't have had a picture of like Bill on his birthday, like laying in a pile of like yeah. paper mache pig oh, yeah, masks yeah. he made. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. It's dude. pretty rad. Yeah,
0: we'll have to uh, we'll have to do another episode where we actually talk about music too. <laughs> we didn't even touch on that stuff, which is fine. I think um, this has been cool to,
1: to talk. Yeah, about. I just I always thought Fugazi was a better band.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Sorry, Minor Threat. It's like you grew up and stopped being angry at your parents, yeah, and yeah. realized that there were real problems, and yeah. learned how to play guitar.
0: Yeah, I think I would. I would. Uh, if there was going to be a Minor Threat reunion or a Fugazi reunion, I would go with a Fugazi reunion. Just absolutely. Just see, I mean, as much as I love Minor Threat, uh, seeing them play those songs at you know six, close to sixty years old, would just I don't know, it wouldn't have the same effect. But them playing. Oh yeah. Anything from the Fugazi catalogue is, is
1: um that's a big Fugazi's advice. I think Fugazi would be like, Huh, I never thought about things <sighs> like that. Or it's like right. why are you yelling at me, yeah. old man? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Stop <laughs> yelling at me.
0: <laughs> awesome, man. Well thanks um, thanks for fucking yeah. taking the time out, man. This has been
1: Yeah, dude. Great. I would love to do this again.
0: Yeah, definitely we will. And uh I will talk to you soon
1: all right brother awesome sounds good thank you yep yeah bye